to which an obliging shopkeeper had directed us. And naturally, number 168 was at the farther end. As we turned into the quiet street, we almost collided with two men who were walking at a rapid pace, but both looking back over their shoulders. I noticed that they were both Japanese, well-dressed, gentlemanly-looking men, but I gave them little attention, being interested rather in what they were looking at. This was a taxicab which was dimly visible by the light of a street lamp at the farther end of the walk, and from which four persons had just alighted. Two of these had hurried ahead to knock at a door, while the other two walked very slowly across the pavement and up the steps to the threshold. Almost immediately the door was opened, and two of the shadowy figures entered, and the other two returned slowly to the cab, and as we came nearer, I could see that these latter were policemen in uniform. I had just time to note this fact, when they both got into the cab and were forthwith spirited away. Looks like a street accident of some kind, I remarked. And then, as I glanced at the number of the house we were passing, I added, Now I wonder if that house happens to be... Yes, by Jove, it is! It is 168! Things have been happening! and this bag of ours is one of the dramatis personae. The response to our knock was by no means prompt. I was, in fact, in the act of raising my hand to the knocker to repeat the summons, when the door opened and revealed an elderly servant-maid, who regarded us inquiringly, and, as I thought, with something approaching alarm. Does Miss Mabel Bonney live here? Thorndyke asked. Yes, sir, was the reply but I'm afraid you can't see her just now unless it is something urgent. She is rather upset and particularly engaged at present. There is no occasion whatever to disturb her, said Thorndyke. We've merely called to restore this bag which seemed to have been lost, and with this he held it out towards her. She grasped it eagerly with a cry of surprise, and as the mouth fell open she peered into it. Why, she exclaimed, They don't seem to have taken anything after all. Where did you find it, sir? In the porch of a church in Spelton Street, Thorndyke replied, and was turning away when the servant said earnestly, Would you kindly give me your name and address, sir? Miss Bonnie will wish to write and thank you. There is really no need, said he, but she interrupted anxiously. If you would be so kind, sir. Miss Bonney will be so vexed if she is unable to thank you, and besides, she may want to ask you some questions about it. That is true, said Thorndyke, who was restrained only by good manners from asking one or two questions himself. He produced his card case, and having handed one of his cards to the maid, wished her good evening and retired. That bag had evidently been pinched, I remarked as we walked back towards the Fulham Road. Evidently, he agreed, and was about to enlarge on the matter, when our attention was attracted to a taxi, which was approaching from the direction of the main road. A man's head was thrust out of the window, and as the vehicle passed a street lamp, I observed that the head appertained to an elderly gentleman with very white hair and a very fresh-coloured face. Did you see who that was? Thorndyke asked. It looked like old Brodrib. I replied. It did, very much. I wonder where he is off to. He turned and followed with a speculative eye the receding taxi, 
which presently swept alongside the curb and stopped, apparently opposite the house from which we had just come. As the vehicle came to rest, the door flew open, and the passenger shot out like an elderly but agile jack-in-a-box and bounced up the stairs. That is Broderick's knock, sure enough, said I, as the old-fashioned flourish reverberated up the quiet street. I've heard it too often on our own knocker to mistake it, but we'd better not let him see us watching him. As we went once more on our way, I took a sly glance now and again at my friend, noting with a certain malicious enjoyment his profoundly cognitive air. I knew quite well what was happening in his mind, for his mind reacted to observed facts in an invariable manner, and here was a group of related facts. The bag, stolen but deposited intact. The museum label.